Hi everyone, my name is Aman, that's Sam, and this is Jemmy. Welcome back to another episode of Frame by Frame, a podcast all about your favorite movies and TV shows. If you like that, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube, or leave a review on your favorite audio podcast service. Um, that could be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So guys, how are we doing today? Very well, thank you. Jemmy? Pretty good, pretty good. I am definitely feeling the buzz from yesterday. Oh, yeah. We did our live stream, by the way, guys. Uh, and I want to thank you all, whoever tuned in. 60 live viewers. That is an all-time high for us. And then we've had nearly 3,000 views to in total. Thank you guys for tuning in for that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, let's jump into some San Diego Comic-Con announcements. Uh, so, I guess, first up, uh, I think we'll go in the order they were announced, right? So, we'll go Marvel Animation, DCEU, and then MCU. Mm -hmm. Right? All right. So let's see. Uh, the first announcement uh, in the Marvel Animation panel was I Am Groot. Uh, now, they showcased a trailer for this, uh, and it was supposed to be premiering on August 10th. Uh, I think it's a five-part uh, original series? Yeah. Five yeah. or four-part? Yeah, five-part. Yeah. Okay. Five-part shorts, uh, I believe. Yeah, and uh, season two is already confirmed by the looks of it. So, guys, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'm not gonna look. It's it's baby Groot. It's not. It's li quite literally. I'm assuming this is a show made for preschoolers, so it's not exactly like we're the target demographic. I will say the animation really looked crisp and clean. I'm glad that it still seems that Marvel's obviously putting in um, the legwork in the CGI department. Uh, mm -hmm. But beyond that, you know, it's like I'm. I mean, aside from the fact that it's tendentially connected to the Guardians. I'm right. about as excited as I was for that as the same way I'm a Toy Story fan, but I wasn't exactly excited for Forky asks a question on Disney Plus. Cause, you know. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rocket Raccoon is also confirmed to be uh, in the series. Um, so I don't know. I might check it out. It's four, it's, it's four parts, right? Or five parts? Five, yeah. Five, yeah, five parts. So, you know, wouldn't hurt. Uh, but assuming that season two has been confirmed, does that mean, like, Groot's going to survive Guardians 3? This is alternate universes. It's confirmed oh, okay. to not be 616 oh. universe. Oh, okay then. But why and would even if, and, and even if they wanted to say it was in 616, they could easily say, I mean, I'm assuming baby Groot, so they could just say, this is right. while he's a baby doing little adventures yeah. <clears> between <throat> the span of, you know, there's what, about a year or two between Guardians 1 and 2, so they could easily right. set it during that period of Oh, so I didn't know it was it wasn't part of uh, six one six. But yeah, Sam, what are your thoughts on this show? Pretty much the same as as, as Jemmy. Really, um, I think it's fine. Like I'll watch it. Um, you can probably get it done in one sitting. They're all dropping at the same time. You know, right. um, I imagine maybe if I'm being super super optimistic, you might get like maybe an hour's worth of content and that's being really optimistic i think maybe right. you know somewhere between minutes. five and seven minutes for each mm -hmm. episode so yeah right. around 40 total so that's not a big commitment um obviously the fact that it's not necessarily um mcu 616 canon 
there's less to excite me there because I uh, it's obvious that that would mean that nothing that happens in this show, not that anything would, because again, Jemmy said it's basically oh, yeah. for preschoolers. Um, I think it's it's fine. It's like filling out some of the portfolio. It's it's going to be funny. Again, it looks good, like Jemmy said. Um, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much the same on it. I Man, mean, one like, thing. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Good. Good. Just one oh, thing no, I, I just think saying... is about, and this will probably this go, will probably ahead, come up Jimmy. later. I think especially this will come up later with another project that I have a feeling will be pretty controversial on how their decisions in regarding to MCU can can uh, canon. But I think to some degree it's kind of like a mixed bag. Like some of these projects, on one hand, yes, it'd be a lot more exciting to see actual animated projects set in the prime mm-hmm. MCU universe. But at the same time, with this. I feel like we're finally in a weird way going back to what they promised us in 2013. Everything is connected, but in a different way. We're able to get these Marvel stories. So to some degree, we can have creatives who won't be as tethered to the MCU canon, still be able to tell stories that are vaguely set in the playground, but be able to have freedom to where we can see things that we won't see. Now, when it comes to things like I Am Groot, obviously that's a lot less exciting than the potential of, oh, say, an alt-canon X-Men series or right. Spider-Man, things like that. Right. But, you know, I feel like I feel like at this position, Marvel, one of the complaints I had heard from people is that Marvel should go to what more like DC is seemingly doing. DC mm-hmm. has a core DCU that they're trying <laughs> to get off the ground. <laughs> trying. But they also are seemingly giving their um, creatives freedom, like the Superman movie, that's possibly coming up the Joker movie to do things that are set outside normal canon. That Matt Reeves is Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Reeves is Batman. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is, this is a good step for Marvel. You know, not everything. I love the MCU, but not everything necessarily has to be said in the MCU. If it means that that opens the door to different stories that we wouldn't get otherwise. All right. That's but I don't think we're going to get that in <laughs> baby. Oh yeah. Show. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, it's uh, it, the target audience is, um, you could say, the lower age group. Uh, but yeah, um, nothing in it for me. But uh, some people might be excited. Uh, but the next announcement we had, uh, quite a big one, actually. Spider-Man freshman year. Uh, now, there's been a lot of controversy over this one. Is it canon or is it not? Uh, so, guys, what do you think? Do you think it's canon or, uh, like Jemmy said, uh, an adjacent universe? No, I I think it's 100% adjacent. I think that, again, I'm not sure that they actually officially said that it was ever going to be canon. I think it was just the assumption was going to be that it was going to be a prequel mm, and establishing yeah. Tom Holland's origins. Right. Um, and they never necessarily like said that's not what that is, so people just assumed it was. Um, but yeah, with with like Doc Ock being there and um, Scorpion and, and a few other characters. I mean, mm-hmm. like Nico Minoru and, and Amadeus Cho being there. Oh yeah, too Harry many. Lo- yeah, too many yeah. holes in in, I... in canon would be established. I think. Here's yeah. what I would say. I would say on the outset, it appears to not be canon, but there's a few little details that make me seem that there might be more than meets the eye with this project. One is the fact that I just, out of curiosity's sake, went to see what Marvel's actual description of this on their website is. And it specifically uses the words that this is the origin of MCU Spider-Man. Another thing I think was key was the fact that of the sills that they chose to release, um, of the sills that they chose to release, that Norman Osborn still was obviously meant to parallel the other one. I, 
I don't think this is necessarily the most likely, but for what it's worth, I've noticed that Sony and Marvel still played fast and loose exactly what the contents of the spell was. I do think in, in No Way Home, I do think there is some room for the possibility that reality might have been rewritten in some way that could actually impact his origins. For instance, we know that Tony, we know that um, Peter worked with the Avengers. We know that um, obviously Happy mentioned that he worked with Spider-Man, but we still don't have any actual indication that um, that Tony was still his mentor. And given the fact that so much would have had to change, mm-hmm. this could be effects of like the actual extent of a one more day type situation. Um, that being said, also knowing this is basically, I think according to the actual terms of the deal, basically Marvel has to get Sony's permission for anything Spider-Man related as long as it's not animation. In animation, they can put literally whoever they want in yeah. anything because that's how they work it. So I could easily see also this saying we can soft introduce retroactively, basically reestablish Spider-Man canon and then save potential. Now, is this likely? I think it's a bit far-fetched, but I feel like it's there's still because they still haven't actually said yes or no. I feel we shouldn't discount it as canon fully yet. Right. Um, there was this interesting theory. Um, it, it tinfoil hats. Total speculation here. Um, I saw this on Reddit, but um, someone said that uh, they could continue to build out this universe, the Spider-Man Freshman Year universe. Uh, the sequel's already been announced in sophomore year. Um, they could continue to build this out. And when now that we know there is a Avengers Secret War project in development, after that, instead of you know having the MCU Peter continue, that they would replace the freshman year Peter's origins with the MCU Peter, like how they merged the Ultimate Universe and uh, the 616 Universe uh, in uh, Hickman's. Uh, that could also Secret I think, Wars. be very. Um, that could also they be very... merge these two universes, and uh, yeah, the entire thing probably never happened. You know, gives and after that we get the start of Tom Holland's new Spider-Man trilogy. So I, that was an interesting theory. But well, uh, that is good. I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily want them to do all of that, only because that would basically mean that everything we know about Tom Holland Spider Man would be completely retroactively done at that point. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have that, a relationship with that. So that basically means that it's entirely. But isn't that the point though? Because a lot of. Uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man has probably had the most criticism out of any Marvel character you can say over this. Yeah, last okay. Couple well, of years. okay. Let's let's be perfectly fair. I think he has had criticism, but let's also remember how people absolutely hated um, Andrew Garfield, and now they love him. Mm-hmm. Let's also remember that people absolutely hated Spider Man Three, and now love it. The reality is, um, the people are fickle, and the <laughs> general audiences overall have loved Spider Man. But I feel that it's right. dangerous. It's dangerous to basically undo because there are genuine elements that people really, really like the relationship, the trio between Ned, MJ, and what's the name. Mm -hmm. Um, For what it's worth, I think the mentorship angle actually did work. I think it reached this conclusion. It can't go any any more past this would obviously be too much. But each of the so-called mentors, they served an important function in Peter's life. Tony giving him inspiration to be a hero. Nick Fury and Mysterio teaching him basically about responsibility and trust. And then mm-hmm. Dr. Strange um, finally coming in and the rest of the Peters to help him talk about that ultimate consequences and responsibility. Right. But if we, and while of course that'll always exist, if we undo all of that, then I feel that does a disservice to the people who genuinely do love um, MCU Spider-Man. It's not like he's broken at all. They put him in arguably the best position that a Spider-Man story has been in 
to go literally anything. They, they have not only the ability to do it, but for the first time, we have a studio who could do anything. We can have him have any crossover he want, have right. him be as isolated as he want, you know, so not throughout the baby with the bathwater kind of deal. Right. Uh, but again, there's also this um, ongoing debate that the, the main reason they sort of, um, you can say soft rebooted Spider-Man at the end of No Way Home uh, after like basically Peter Parker was erased from everyone's minds. He sort of becomes his own person. He gets his own identity. Uh, and that was the main criticism with uh, Far From Home and Homecoming, that Peter was too heavily reliant on Tony Stark, Nick Fury, Mysterio. So didn't they already sort of, sort of soft reboot uh, the Spider-Man character because of the criticism? And what's to say they don't do it again? You know, that's my angle on it. I don't think it necessarily constitutes a reboot. I think it's, I think it's important that in current MCU canon, those events with the mentors still took place. Yeah, they they like, took yeah, place. Of course, they've it's sort of like a new chapter as opposed to a reboot. Mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, right. you could very easily visualize it as a reboot, but I think that mm-hmm. more so. Um, yeah, there yeah. was criticism, and I'm the same. But I think that they more so just wanted to do something different with spider-man rather than trying to course correct yeah i think it's honestly i think the idea that they all of a sudden saw all these criticisms and rushed to put out some movie to fix everything yeah i think that's a bit of a misnomer i think the reality is is spider-man we know for a fact that kevin feige wanted to have andrew and tried to Mm -hmm. work out deals have andrew so he won't ask spider-man in a while it, they right. introduced Spider-Man at a weird point in the MCU where basically in order to make him make sense, they had to attach him to these other uh, characters. Right. I feel that this No Way Home was a way to basically set up and put him in a position where now the Spider-Man IP is basically free to go in whatever direction. Kevin stated openly that he wants Peter and the Fantastic Four to be major faces of the MCU going forward. Both 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 of those properties, going major faces of the MCU going forward. So, you know, I don't think, for instance, they have a winning format. I fully believe that the next movie, although I don't think it'll be a mentor, I fully believe the next movie will either be maybe the Fantastic Four or Daredevil or something. Daredevil, Hopefully, yeah, in, you know, a lesser, a lesser, I want it to be definitely a Peter Parker movie. I think, honestly, mm-hmm. put him in the same amount that uh, Doctor Strange was in. Doctor right. Strange was in just enough of No Way Home to not overstay his welcome. Do something right. similar to that with Daredevil, you know, but like I, this was already, they kind of, if you pay attention, they have a pretty clear arc that they set up with Peters from the very beginning. So I have no doubt that while I'm sure details changed about the actual multiverse plans and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure right. he was always going to follow a similar arc regard, no matter what happened. Right. Uh, but yeah, I guess, um, that pretty much sums it up for whether it's canon or not. Most people do believe it's an adja- it's it's canon, but it's an adjacent universe. Um, whatever happens in this universe doesn't necessarily impact or affect uh, the six one six, or should I say the one nine 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 universe, um, <laughs> which I believe, which I which I am a supporter of that one nine 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 theory. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, overall, guys. What is your hype level excitement for a Spider-Man freshman year? Is this something you're going to check out knowing that it might not be canon? Yeah. I mean, I think the most the most enticing thing to me is the art style. Like, it's very clearly mm-hmm. distinct from any other animated show that we've seen from Marvel right. thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very much 60s era kind of a comic art style, which is very appealing. Right. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it in motion. Like I could, 
I, I don't know whether they've clarified, but I could see it be almost a, a stop motiony type thing or full fluid um, animation. I think either I would be more than happy with. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. I think as we've sort of alluded to that really not only in MCU canon, but also with this show, they can kind of really do anything they want. So, right. Um, Jamie. I would say, yeah, I'm honestly just as or more excited. Um, Cause again, like I said before, it doesn't necessarily have to be canon to the prime MCU for me to be hyped. Um, and also everything that we saw yesterday was legitimately exciting. All of those designs I think look great. Um, the potential villains, you know, we got some major ones, of course, like chameleon, Doc Ock, uh, uh, Norman, Scorpion, of course, Rhino. but also, yeah. yeah, but also some other ones. I saw there was a design that looked like Speed Demon, uh, potentially, tarantula, uh, tarantula. or somebody wearing a Speed Demon type light costume. Yeah, Tarantula. Also, getting other Marvel characters. I know, obviously, with the um, Runaway shows, able to introduce a lot of people to characters like Mikamaru, but she's not the most um, well known mm-hmm. Marvel character. So, getting to see her mm-hmm. as a part of the cast, and also the fact that we have care we have charlie cox as daredevil in this show again i'm really right. glad that they are firmly establishing the relationship between uh daredevil and spider-man you know they're definitely hammering that in uh and you know this is literally basically we finally i think this show while not again it would be awesome if it was a full live action thing in the mcu this show mm-hmm. is a testament to the fact that we're finally reaching the golden point where we can have these properties that can fully embrace that comic book aesthetic without any worry of having to worry about oh audiences aren't going to get it or oh we don't have the rights to this character now we finally have that freedom right Uh, i'm gonna be honest here guys i think i would have been a lot more hyped if this was uh mcu canon uh again we have a lot of uh, disney plus content coming in the next couple of years at least six shows a year uh and uh yeah it's getting kind of hard to keep up with everything so i'm kind of in the stance at the moment i might check this out i might love it and uh you know uh just start uh, get hyped for the second season or whatever but uh um i think i'm at that point where like i only want mcu content that will actually have a greater impact going forward because at the moment there's a lot of stuff going on but uh if this were something that would come out like uh sometime around phase two let's say where they only had around two movies a year then yeah, definitely I would be hyped. But uh, at this moment in time, what having four to five shows a year, four to five movies a year, I don't know. I, I can't say I'm not hyped, but I can't say I'm over the moon with this announcement, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, uh, the next announcement uh, was What If? And uh, What If Season 2? Uh, so the series will be coming early 2023. I think January is what they said. Uh, but yeah, nothing more was revealed. There was some exclusive footage shown at uh, SDCC. So um, yeah, uh, let me just go first and get it over with. Uh, I'm not particularly over the moon with this one as well. I know it's MCU canon, but uh, after the first What If season, uh, I didn't think it was bad, uh, as I say, but I didn't think it was uh, as good as it should have been. Uh, I think they could have explored a lot more with the What If scenarios, and I hope they do that this season. Uh but yeah, guys, where do you stand on this one? I think it's a TBD. Um, mm-hmm. I did really enjoy the first season of What If. I can fully admit that some episodes were far weaker than right. others. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, well, a fair number of them were weak. Um, uh-huh. 
but I am optimistic that they, uh, at least in, in, in some circumstances with some of the episodes for, for season two and obviously season three is essentially confirmed at this point as right. well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just going to keep learning what works and what doesn't. Right. Um, I think they will likely double down on the kind of tones, the kind of scenarios mm-hmm. that best, you know, reacted with audiences in season one. Right. Um, and, and hopefully that just means a better show overall. Again, what that means for you specifically, Amal, in terms of mm-hmm. MCU canonicity and tying in, that probably unlikely. I mean, with Secret Wars on the horizon, technically anything is potentially canon, even if they say it's not. Right. Um so we'll we'll see, but no, I'm I'm in. Uh, Jamie, I mean, I would say, what if is an interesting property because I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how they're going to use it. In terms of, am I excited for it? Yeah, I'm excited for it, but not necessarily in the way I thought it was going to be. I am actually the very some of the very first comics I read were what if comics. So. That was literally how I actually started learning Marvel history, was finding out alternate versions of Marvel history. But what I think I'm noticing with this show is I almost feel like at first it seemed like they were using it as a proof of concept. And now I almost feel like they're using it as a launch bed. I feel like we're going to see, like, for instance, we have Marvel zombies spinning out of this. Since it seems right. like a lot of these um, Marvel projects have the potential to be set in alternate universes, I could easily see What If saying, what if could introduce a potential universe if fans respond to that well in kind, we take that and spend that off into another thing. That's why they ended up pushing Captain Carter because fans liked her. Right. That's why they mm-hmm. ended up Marvel Zombies uh, was a property that people love. So they already put that in the can. Now that's going to get developed. All right. We haven't gotten anything, but I could easily see there being the possibility of what if Tony Stark never met Spider-Man and in that universe... Mm-hmm. That could easily be a what if episode, off to... and that could easily spin off. That could easily spin off what's. Yeah. Um, from what I remember, I believe I have read online they've got like a couple details, like Odin versus Wen Wu, um, something focusing mm. on Hela. Obviously, we know that there was a planned episode that wasn't able to finish for COVID, which was going to be a uh, Gamora, which is going to have Gamora in it and uh, Tony on Sakar. So we're going to get that oh. episode, and then a Winter Soldier style episode. So all of those like sound interesting premises, you know, like like Sam said, it's kind of TBD. We don't really know anything about them yet. But I think right. that if they use what if right, it's not necessarily the most exciting project, but mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of potential, and I'm curious to see how right. they're going to use it going forward. Yeah, I do agree. It does have a crazy amount of potential. Uh, before we move on to the next project, uh, just a quick question. What's one what if scenario you would like to see? Um, so I, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna say I would like to see something in the 838 universe. Um, ever since that universe was introduced in Doctor Strange, um, it got me thinking. You know, there's a lot of possibility. There's a lot of different routes they can take here. A lot of different possibilities. What happened to 838 Stephen Strange? The um, there there was a leaked image of uh, what if season two, and it looked like Fantastic Four. So. It could end up being the Fantastic Four from uh, University Eight Three Eight. So, what actually happened to them? Uh, and yeah, I think the Eight Three Eight universe also... is something. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, there was also, I believe, one the one leaked image we have. Somebody took a screenshot of the trailer, and I guess it has you know the iconic Avengers battle right. twenty yeah. for the but, but in, instead it was Captain Wasp Carter. replacing Hawkeye and yeah. Carter replacing Cap. 
I would mm-hmm. say honestly, yeah. the what if that has not that has been on my mind this entire time that I can't get out of my head is what if um I forget I forget her name unfortunately, but when was wife Shang Chi and Jialing's mom? What if she had not died? Mm-hmm. Because the more I think about right. it, the domino effect that, that could have for the MCU could potentially change the entire course. The whole reason that he went back to the Ten Rings was because of his wife dying. Without right. that. How would the what does the Avengers initiative even look like? We that's potentially no Tony Stark because there's because the Ten Rings don't even exist to be able to capture him in the first place. That could potentially right. impact how Shield would work because we know that the Ten Rings were involved in how in supporting Hydra going forward. So I think that would be a really interesting and not to mention I love Shang Chi. Would be really excited to see how they could play with some more of the characters. Yeah, that that is a very good one. Uh, the as you said, the dominant effect of that could uh, potentially cha- take the universe to a completely different route. Uh, but yeah, Sam, what's one you'd like to see? <sighs> Whilst you've been talking, like a few have been swirling through my head. Mm-hmm. The one that I think I'm going to say though is, um, what if uh, T'Chaka hadn't killed Njobu, his brother? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for people who, who don't necessarily remember the, the start of Black Panther where yeah. um, he kills his brother to protect Forrest Whitaker's character um, I think that would be an interesting scenario to play out obviously Sterling K. Brown in that film was sort of planning essentially what Killmonger was very very close right. to doing at the end of that film um, mm-hmm. but I think and I, uh, the idea of like a totalitarian um, world dominating Wakanda would be really interesting because it's always it's always shown as this beacon of hope and progress and inclusivity. Um, right. What happens if that was completely flipped on its head and it became like the war capital of the world, where they were sending out people on assassination missions and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that? I think that could be really interesting. Yeah, that is that is a good one. Uh, but yeah, guys, I think we'll uh, move on to the next project, which was I think this was my second favorite announcement uh, overall. But uh, yeah, Marvel Zombies. Um, so it's basically uh, gonna uh, it's gonna <clears throat> spin off from the What If episode of uh, Marvel Zombies, which we got right, last year. Uh, but yeah, this is this was a very interesting one because this was Marvel's you can say MC the MCU's first uh, TVMA project. Uh, so yeah, that that aspect of it has me hyped, uh, especially what they can, the different routes they can go with the gore and the zombies and all that. Uh, but yeah, where do you guys stand on this show? I'm glad they're not shying away from more mature content and that they're actually leaning mm-hmm. into it. I think it's a reassuring sign. I mean, they keep they keep telling us that like Deadpool three is still going to be R rated. I'll believe it when I see it personally. <laughs> um, but I, I I I I think they'll stick to their word on it, and this is a, mm-hmm. a sign that they probably will um so yeah i mean i think the 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 zombie episode wasn't necessarily my favorite from the first season of what if but it was it was a good one for sure um again obviously lots of potential hence why they're capitalizing on it um again kind of like a tbd because i don't actually know really what form this show is going to take what it actually is going to look like episode to episode um you know, it's very clearly not going to be an anthology in the same sense as uh, what, if? what If, but it does seem like there are going to be different bands of people. Um, so I don't know whether we are going to be jumping between them or whether it is a single narrative following the main team that we see, the, the biggest team. 
um, and they just meet these other teams. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure, but I'm I'm again I'm interested. Like I I, I want to see gore and stuff. I want to see Marvel <laughs> spend their capital actually do right. interesting different things. Hey, um, Jamie. I would say this project is going to be interesting. Marvel Zombies was pretty different. The version of Marvel Zombies that we got in What If, mm-hmm. yeah, was very different. Pretty different than the one that we're that we are getting now. That being said, if we're, I'm almost curious how they're going to mesh it because the thing about the Marvel Zombies is it's not it's it's not like deceased. Deceased Marvel DC's version of like a zombie story is arguably pretty played straightforward. It's basically the Walking oh, yeah. Dead but with DC characters. Marvel Zombies is very much absurdist and has a lot of like more off-kilter humor and it's almost in some ways a parody of existing Marvel comics at the time. So I'd be curious to see if they're going to try to integrate some of that element because you know, to be frank, I'm I would have you can I'm of the mind that you can tell a very totally dark project and still keep it TV fourteen. Mm-hmm. Batman was yeah, Batman dark, did it, but it was a PG. Dark Knight movie. did it. So the fact yeah. that it's yeah, the fact that it's TVMA that means that it shows that they can embrace the zombie genre. But that doesn't necessarily, mm-hmm. to me, give me any indication that the storytelling is going to be different. What I'm more curious about is, um, you know, what are they going to do with the story? I've also seen some people just coming through the details and again noticing that a couple things don't quite line up even with how what we've seen from the little bit what we've seen now compared to how it ended so it might even Mm -hmm. this might be another zombie universe not necessarily the exact one we saw since we know that there's precedent for that like with captain carter there being multiple captain carters throughout the universe um that being said i thought the designs were sick you know designs were sick one criticism criticism i did have was um the character lineups um, you know the squad, the survivor squad. You can say, out of mm-hmm. Shang Chi, Miss Marvel, and Kate Bishop, I couldn't care less about anyone else. Yelena, Jimmy, really? Yeah, I, I'm hot take. I'm not a fan of Yelena. Uh, uh Kamala, but, you know Kamala was there uh, too. Yeah, right? I know. I said Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, oh, Shang Chi, okay. and Kate Bishop. I think these three characters are the only ones that sort of speak I out mean, to me. Like that. That's fair. I think, but I think part of that is on purpose. I think, okay, what they're trying to do is it very much looks like this is going to be the ragtag group of, um, this is going to be the ragtag group of people trying to stand against the odds. You know, you literally had basically every single powerhouse at this point is a zombie. Yeah, so, no, you know. but my main criticism comes from, like, why do we have three characters from Shang-Chi who we've already seen interact with each other? The main point of this is we see characters who we probably would never see interact with each other thrown into this scenario. And uh, figure out a way to f- fight these zombies. So we have Death Dealer, Shang-Chi, and Katie. Uh, you know, they're all pretty much I think, the stick. I think a counterpoint to that might be that some of these teams are bolstered so that they can be fodder and just be killed off. Probably. Yeah, like, like I don't like, think we're going to see. I'm pretty sure, yeah, most a lot of these will die. But I also think it makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay, like, think about it. Here's what I'm assuming. They're probably going to present it like this. You got a couple... Marvel has a couple key franchises, so they're probably going to show some massacre of the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. where they right. are three of the only ones that escape. You could have whoever you know who's left. I guess you got uh, the red, the characters from Black Widow. So you got Red Guardian and Yelena. I'm assuming that means that well, Natasha's already dead. So I'm assuming that means uh, Iron uh, Iron Maiden or whatever. She probably died uh, during that or whatever. Taskmaster probably as well. 
you know, they could do something like that and then slowly whittle them off till we get whoever our core cast is. But even then, that shows that this probably can't be canon. Yeah, this can't be. Because look. Yeah, this got, is not canon. The when sure, the yeah. Shang-Chi stuff just didn't make sense. In, but it can't, no, to the episode of, um to the episode of What If. And also Kamala being there would make no sense because it started in 2016. So she wouldn't even be able to get her power slash mutation. Right. So it has to be a different one than the one in What If. Mm. But didn't they announce it that it's the same one as What If? Let me just check it quickly. I don't think they actually ever said it. The only thing they said is we're making a Marvel Zombies and it's the same animation right. style. But again, there's for what yeah, it's worth, it could right. be. But again, there's details that just don't quite line up. Right. So it Marvel has been, aside from the seven years gaff in of Spider-Man Homecoming, Marvel has been pretty consistent about making sure that canon is consistent. So it'd be really weird for them right. to decide to completely abandon it for this one project. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, again, personally, I just this group isn't appealing enough for me uh, at the moment. Hopefully, there's some new additions. Uh, but yeah, I would have liked to see a more uh, a very a more diverse group of characters, like characters you'd probably never see interact with each other. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Got to move on. Uh, and probably the last announcement of uh, the animation panel was X Men '97. Now, um, again, I haven't watched the original X Men '97 TV show. I know I am a huge, I'm a huge X Men fan. I haven't watched that, uh, but yeah, that's now. Now knowing that there's a sequel to it, that is something I might, I'm intrigued to check out. Uh, but yeah, it seems like nothing really has changed. It's a direct sequel, uh, and it'll be continuing right where it left off. Uh, so yeah, guys, where do you stand on the show? I mean, for this one, for me personally, I, okay, first of all, just as a side note, this man was going all in the, in our discord, this man was talking about how much he loves Chris Claremont <laughs> and the fact that he hasn't even watched the X-Men 97 car, the X-Men cartoon, like, come on. Bro. <laughs> um, uh, but I will say I, you know, this, I, I like the cartoon. It's not necessarily my favorite uh, project, admittedly, with the exception of maybe Spider-Man, um, Spectacular Spider-Man. I've always leaned oh, more yeah. towards the Spectacular Spider-Man was, oh yeah. Uh, but I really do enjoy um, what they did with the X-Men uh, in that cartoon. I think, honestly, the thing that makes me most... It, it, this is, in a weird way, I'm kind of leaning more towards your side of the... Because it's like, this is literally... This is not canon, not only not canon, but it's, you know, kind of in a already established property. So it kind of makes me right. a little less excited. But at the same time, I've noticed that Kevin really, really likes the X-Men, this version of the X-Men. And their influence yeah. is definitely seeping in. So what but I'm curious I... to see is, yeah, what elements of the X-Men cartoon will be integrated into the canon MCU? The idea, I... I feel that the fact that Magneto is being put in a more heroic position on the mm -hmm. outset is on purpose. And I have a feeling that that might mean already that the Magneto we see in this one might not necessarily even be a straight up antagonist of the X-Men at first. Or might be, might, maybe he could play like a more Zemo type role where, yes, mm -hmm. he goes against them, but at the same time could be an ally oh, sooner on than, well, I guess that's basically what <laughs> the Fox X-Men movies devolved into, which oh, is yeah. let's convince Magneto to help oh. us. But, um, uh. but, you know, other than that, I would say it all looked good. You know, the designs, the animation, I'm glad that they kept the animation as close to the original while still, you know, obviously updating yeah, it's, it it's with modern technology. basically the exact same thing, but more yeah. refined. But, I mean, it's basically, yeah. it looks like, looks like it'll be solid. 
Yeah. Um, again, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, and back to your point where you said Kevin Feige really seems to like this. I so hope he brings those character designs to live action. I want to see those costumes in live action. Give me that com- that blue and yellow Cyclops, the white storm suit, uh, the crazy Wolverine costume, G- Gambit. Give me all of that. Uh, but yeah, I-, I would love to see this version uh, in live action. Uh, and yeah, I'm intrigued by this TV show. Um, Sam, what about you? Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think that there's any reason that anybody couldn't be at least vaguely interested in this. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you weren't a fan of the original animated series, the fact that this is a continuation and it's happening at the point in time in the MCU that it is coming out, right? I think even just even if it doesn't end up actually resulting in anything. The potential for there, as as Jemmy indicated, that there could be ramifications um, for mainline MCU canon. What is going to come across, if anything, uh, that's going to do a lot to support this show in terms of viewership. I think uh, I am vaguely interested in it. I really like the original animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just again. It sounds like I'm a broken record, but it's kind of like I need to wait and see exactly what the storyline right. is. Because mm-hmm. I felt that even though the original series did end on a cliffhanger, I felt like it was still satisfying. And I just, I don't know what X-Men story they could tell in that animated series that I wouldn't actually just prefer in live action at some point. Well, right. from what no. I mean, from what I understand, I believe, unless... I'm mistaken. They have that X-Men, what was it, House of 92 or something that is recently launched or started. And that's supposed to be basically telling the House of X, Powers of X storyline in that universe. And then that, I assume, once that ends, that concludes, that will lead into whatever. Because that was already, that was announced right after they announced that the X-Men cartoon was coming. Uh, X-Men House of 92. I think personally, I think that the whole thing on the like the canonosity is interesting because I feel like Marvel, for what it's worth, Marvel still has an actual animation department completely separate from its Marvel Studios animation, which now exists. So I think even though we're seeing like MCU adjacent projects, it's we should pay attention to which ones are specifically made by Marvel Studios versus which ones are made by uh, what's name? Because although this wasn't a part of the panel, we also got you know some really promising stuff for Moon Girl. Moon Girl, the fact that Colby Summers would be reprising her role. We got Lawrence Fishburne as the Beyonder. Those have even MCU adjacent ties, but at the same time, it's not made by Marvel Studios. Right. So I feel like, you know, that's an indication that that is going to be less important. But even then, that's why, you know, Spider-Man, even if it's not directly in the same universe, I think that anything made by Marvel Studios is going to be something that will have some kind of impact on the live action stuff. Right. Uh, Like uh, Green Girl Gamer on our Discord uh, brought up this theory. Like, um, I think there was also a comic line for this animated TV show. Yeah. Was there not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, the way that universe ended, uh, it it could explain how uh, the X-Men make their way into live action, as to say. Because it had some, I think there was some multiversal effect at the end uh, of that ending. I'm not truly sure what that what that ending is but he did say that it could be a perfect segue for the x-men to join uh live action uh and the mcu 616 it could be a segue but i feel like it would be incredibly 
unwise <laughs> for yes. them to rely on the uh, the multiverse as a crutch when they literally have the perfect they they basically right. there's no questions they have bit perfectly laid out how mutants can perfectly fit into the mcu right now with no changes to canon so i would be honestly mm-hmm. a bit disappointed if they tried i feel like multiverse would be an easy way out obviously we know that both the cartoon versions and previous live action versions are more than beloved but beyond a cameo from someone like uh mccavoy or fassbender or obviously patrick stewart mm-hmm. I would, and maybe, you know, things like designs or reflecting storylines from the cartoon, I wouldn't want to see anything multiverse, because I feel like at that point, unless it was maybe like you have, you know, it could be a cool scene, have the MCU X-Men fight the 97 X-Men. That would be cool, but only if we actually get a proper 92 uh, MCU X-Men. Right. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, guys, I think that wraps up uh, the Marvel Animation panel. Uh, before we move to the Marvel Studios panel, uh, let's just quickly cover whatever the hell DCU did. Um, so I, I, I thought they were going to go in, uh, bring out Henry Cavill as Superman, and then end with Zack Snyder announcing the Snyderverse is back. Uh, but yeah, I will, I will take the L on this one. I will take the L on this one. Uh, <clears throat> all we got was... Um, the Rock making his return to WWE, you can say, <laughs> uh, with that <laughs> with that entrance he had. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, there was nothing here that appealed to me. I was hoping for some jaw-dropping announcements because this was DC's time to shine. They could have easily done something massive, that, especially with all the negativ- negativity around uh, DC right now with whatever's happening with The Flash. Um, and uh, they don't even know who their Superman is. They could have done with uh, a big announcement to sort of distract the fans away from that uh but instead they're they're trying to they're trying to call call out for help they're like we need help uh but yeah guys what did you think about the black Adam and shazam trailer see here's the thing i wasn't disappointed because i didn't expect anything dc announced that they were coming to comic-con like two weeks ago so that was pretty clear from that point that they're, you know, even though Marvel didn't officially confirm they were coming till pretty late, there had always been rumblings that they were going to be returning to Comic-Con doing something there. So to me, right. it made sense that they'd probably only be showing whatever they had their most recent. I thought maybe we might, the thing I was thinking was, was we might get like, there's been talk, a lot of talk about how there's going to be a Black Canary spinoff possibly from, mm-hmm. from yeah. I That's mean, what I was even thinking. Even if it was like, just that, or maybe even- the Constantine project. Yeah. But I even if it's stuff are... they've already announced, like Batgirl is there, Blue Beetle is there, the Constantine project, as you said, uh, Peacemaker season two, at least share some info on that. So they, yeah. but instead, just having. I two feel movies. personally though, it's honestly smart because here's what the reality is: Comic Con mm-hmm. is awesome, but you have to play ball with literally everyone. And at this point, let's just be real: there are very few things we know of that DC has on the horizon that are going to get us excited as what we heard from Marvel yesterday. Even if I honestly think the only thing they could say is a new Superman, which we don't have on the horizon. Even then compared to what we got yesterday, that's pretty big. DC quite DC does not have to do that. They have fandom where they can completely control the narrative. That's one day where they don't have to share the stage with Marvel. They don't have to worry about anyone else. They can have completely focused, you know, they don't, the reality is I think, you know, they did what they need to do. Black Adam had a teaser that, for what it's worth, I think helped assage some people's concerns. I think that his portrayal was slightly, slightly better than it was in the previous trailer. 
Um, I think the Justice Society still look cool, so that was fun. Um, and also confirmation again that they are investing in the Suicide Squad as a long-term franchise with the official confirmation that we're getting a Harcourt and um, Waller in the movie. Um, and I liked the Shazam trailer. Um, I really li- I liked the first one. I think that this Sham trailer built off the elements of the first one that we needed to. We get to see more magic action. It seems like the humor seemed a bit tighter. One thing I felt that was um, a bit of a problem is the new 52 decided to make Billy a lot more street smart and kind of rough around the edges compared to how he'd normally been before. And I felt mm-hmm. like the movie version, Billy was that street smart version, but Captain Mark. Shazam, Captain Marvel, was almost more like the more happy-go-lucky classic Silver yeah. Age. This mm-hmm. trailer seemed to feel like they did a much better job at merging those two, so it actually seemed like a con- more consistent portrayal. But, you know, we'll all see. I mean, DC... It's honestly unfortunate because at the end yeah. of the day, with the exception of maybe Wonder Woman 1984, and honestly, that I don't think was bad. I just think it was a mixed bag. Oh, I thought that it's was not like they're bad. making bad I movies anymore. Bad. It's just they have the okay. I will say that even if you say that's bad, the last four DC movies and projects have been honestly pretty good. They just I agree have with really that. bad luck at this point. They just have really have bad, bad luck, luck at this point, and they have no, they have no traction going forward. Like there's nothing no boosting them up. Yeah, yeah they're they're not. But you again, don't know what they're leading to. The reality is, Batman. The Batman franchise is probably the most exciting thing about them right now. It looks like basically they've gone back to square phase one. They are, it seems like, doing their job to build a dedicated universe. But instead of being able to do where Marvel's literally at the point where they're entering their fourth or fifth phase, we're basically restarting the first one at this point. Which, for what it's worth, if we that means we get more good DC movies and a solid storyline. You know, I'm all for that. I believe Jim Lee basically hinted that they want to build towards some type of crisis on infinite earth's project oh yeah he did if they still have actors by the time they get to that point (laughs) then i would love to see that happen (laughs) uh yeah Um, see the thing with dc is i think they desperately need a creative control on top they need a kevin feige um i think they could have announced james gunn as that but uh yeah, they desperately need someone at top managing all the projects, deciding what route they're going to take instead of having, you know, we have Suicide Squad doing their own thing, Shazam's doing his own thing. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a mixed bag of just movies at this point. Uh, but yeah, Sam, what are your thoughts on Shazam and Black Adam? I am so horrifically downbeat. Um, <laughs> it's just... And it's not even the either film. Uh, Jemmy has, he does have, you do have a fair point, Jemmy, where neither of them were necessarily bad. Yeah. It's just that I was, I wasn't, I wasn't overwhelmed and I wasn't yeah. underwhelmed. I was just sort of wound. Well, um, yeah. It's, I think it's kind of in, it's it's in limbo. DC is just floundering at the moment because yes, they are trying to reset and, and restart, but at the same time, most of their upcoming projects hinge on 
legacy characters from the DCEU. So we have Black Adam, which let's be oh, fair, yeah. is kind of coasting right now on the will they, won't they of Henry Cavill. Um, and then you have obviously Flash, which has its whole host of <laughs> Aquaman yeah. 2 with Amber Heard. That's the difficult thing. And obviously, mm-hmm. Jason Momoa is DCEU. We have Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot, who is also DCEU. So they have their tentpole characters, or, or some of them anyway, but they are intrinsically and will forever be linked to that era. So unless they completely right. wipe the slate, they're always going to have this problem. And they are trying to have their cake and eat it right now, where they're doing different tonally creative projects, which right. is fine, good even, but they are also still not quite just cleanly cutting the cord. Mm. Um, so it's like, that again, it's not going to be as exciting. I think if they had done yesterday, said, and obviously this would be completely out there wild, if they had mm-hmm. said Black Adam and uh, Shazam 2, they have literally no links to the DCEU. They are, say they are the same, you know, actors, but it is a multiversal story where mm-hmm. we have jumped canon for something that for a reason that you haven't seen yet but you will understand soon enough in the same way that we saw um flash show up in in batman vs superman right right they, they lay groundwork for future events that we haven't seen i think if they did something like that where they were like yep yeah, okay might not necessarily make sense to you right now but black adam shazam 2 they aren't in the dcu anymore that you aren't going to see any of your familiar characters but there is a reason for that that is at least showing them, showing us that they have a plan. They don't have a plan. Yeah. And, and even and even then, it's almost like they're almost doing that, but not quite. Like, for instance, yeah, exactly. from what I've heard, rumblings and rumors, they've heard the fact that DC is trying to build towards the idea of the Suicide Squad, the Justice League, and the Justice Society in some type of three-way war. It seems like they're kind of setting that up. But all you have to do is say, hey, Waller's in this and get ready. We're going to be building something big when she, when, you know, yeah. she finds out Marvel's here. But no, it's just like, yeah, she's in this. But the <laughs> power hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like they have, they, they literally, uh. <laughs> you know, it's honestly, it's, it's sad because, again, for what it's worth, it feels like it's not even just the fact that they're, on tentpole characters they're basically the entire dcu right now as far as we know is contingent upon the flash the flash is supposed to be basically a civil war infinity war type movie that's going to be setting the tone for what the mm-hmm. dc is going to look like the movie's right. basically unpromotable you can't use the you how are you going to bring the major star of you can't bring the star of your movie on your own press conference and at the <laughs> same time from what it was worth it seemed like they were trying to save as much of the batman and supergirl stuff for the actual movie, which is a good idea. You don't want to overload them with that. But that means their only options are push those two, which could either breed two things. One, you have an authentic movie because it's not like they're the stars of the movie. So if you push them right. a bunch, if you push Batman and Supergirl of your Flash movie, then that's going to yep. create false expectations. But even then, you literally, the star of the movie is MIA at this point. Yeah. You know, it's almost... It's basically it's just a really unfortunate situation all around. Yeah, and but WB at the is same sort of time, it's through. not like DC. Yeah, it's not like DC is doing themselves any favors either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean WB themselves are going through a massive overhaul with the recent merger of WBD, uh, and then all the shenanigans with DC. I mean, like if I were what David Zaslav, I would just go ahead, 
by let all the movies that are supposed to come out release and then not talk about DC for a couple of years <laughs> and then come back with a solid plan. And uh, yeah, that could actually and stick to that plan. The most important thing is to stick to that plan, not give up on it. Because I think if they even if Snyder's first movies weren't amazing, uh, if they let him continue his plan, the DCU would have been a, in a lot better place than it is at the moment. And I think I think even if they let the slate that is currently listed out, mm-hmm. you, you're going to have people that are beholden and in love with those projects. You're oh, just yeah. you're adding more weight to the anchor that is already tied exactly. around your foot, dragging you down to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> well, I mean, like, this is a people, con- people can already smell what the rock is cooking. And <laughs> some people are really liking it, and that's kind of an alarming sign. I yeah. think the reality is, though, and this is probably a separate topic that might be good for a whole nother podcast separately, but mm-hmm. Snyder, the Snyderverse, if we even want to call it that, because it's not even that, it's a couple movies, is yeah. basically an albatross around DC's net. They can't escape it at this point, because yeah. if you wipe the whole slate clean, then they're going to be saying, oh... This is proof that they always hated Snyder. Now they've finally gotten rid of all the actors. If you keep them on, then we won't hear them shut up about how we, they're gonna work. They're secretly planning, you know, the next Snyder movie, and we're gonna come out and he's gonna pop out of the bushes and give everyone ice cream and cookies. You know, yeah. it's like I feel like the reality is Zack Snyder, for whatever reason, I don't think it's fully a fault of his own. He encouraged some stuff, for whatever reason, I think people just got completely out of hand. He still he hypes up the Snyderverse. He still hypes up the Snyderverse. But he does. But day. to be fair, I think. But even to be fair, at this point, he hypes it up. But he's also literally playing at Netflix, where they are giving him all the money he wants. Same thing yeah. with Henry Cavill. So the funny thing about this is, with the exception of maybe Ray Fisher, most of these actors have either moved on or are getting paid to do other stuff. It's not, you know. But the fans, I feel like we're kind of a situation where I am. I liked Henry Cavill's performance. But I like mm-hmm. Superman more, way more than Henry Cavill. So I just want a Superman movie at this point. And you know what? Honestly, I want a Supergirl movie at this point. Just give me something with these characters instead right. of having them flout in the state of limbo where the best we get is a head cut off cameo in Shazam or a fish <laughs> joke in at the end of Peacemaker, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. We're literally getting point. everything we want with Marvel and we can't even... <laughs> we can't we haven't figured out how to get two I mean, heroes like, to actually have a successful crossover movie yet for DC. Yeah. I'm I'm so I'm super curious what the reaction was for, for the people who are running DCE right now of the Mar- Mar- MCU panel. How did they genuinely react to that? <laughs> did they expect it or not? Like it's they're they're, they're in a rough, rough patch right now. And I don't think it they they're not gonna recover anytime soon, if you ask me. Uh, but yeah, guys, let's move on to the meat and potatoes of today's episode. Uh, Marvel Studios' SDCC panel. Uh, this was probably the best San Diego Comic-Con panel, you could say, Marvel has ever done. Maybe the Phase 3 reveal could rival it. but uh, Phase, yeah, phase I, 3 wasn't Comic-Con. Wasn't Comic-Con. Was Comic-Con? That, was the, that was the exclusive event. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, I mean, then, then this has to be the best one, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, like, the first major announcement was Marvel Phase 4 is over and it ends with Black Panther this year. Um, I think this is, what, the shortest and the longest phase we've ever had. It was only two years long, but we've had, like, 50 hours worth of content 
and that's more than all three phases, the pre- previous phases combined. So it's the shortest and the longest at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I think the main reason Kevin Feige came out and said this is because of all the sort of negativity around phase four. You know, not everyone uh, was liking the projects they were going for, um, and everyone's saying it's dis- it's disconnected, feels just disconjuncted, and uh, um, it feels like they're all over the place. Uh, but yeah, that's why I think Kevin Feige came in and said, phase four is over gonna move on to phase five and we're gonna give you a clear plan of what is going on uh but yeah guys um wakanda forever let's start with that do you have something to say jimmy okay just one thing on the phase four thing well mm-hmm. again i think it could be possible that it's about um you know about uh the the critical reception i also think it just more goes to show that this is basically what i had assumed and a lot of people assumed was their plan was their plan in the entire time Phase four, it basically seems like, was entirely set up. This was a transition phase. This was the phase that was bringing the old school... The reality is, we've crossed the threshold, as they said in Loki. Mm. We The old school Marvel, Marvel's never going to be the same. Endgame, we right. thought, was going to... We, a lot of people said, you know, Endgame is the end of an era. It was. This, basically, every movie from Spider-Man, I guess, now to Wakanda Forever, will be showing how the world is dealing with that transition. How we're going from what at first was a relatively realistic and grounded universe into a fully right. comic book embracing universe. And that makes right. sense why they're doing it. You know, there is no major Avengers team up. Pretty much every hero is just stepping up into a new role. Now right. I'm hoping, frankly, that people will finally shut up about not having a plan. Now so that they have, they always had a yeah. plan and we can actually, you know, see some of the payoff because, you know, for what it's worth, Iron Man, until, until Avengers, Avengers was yeah. our first confirmation of Thanos, and even then, yeah. Dark World was our actual confirmation that the Infinity Stones, because before then, mm-hmm. it could have just been Thanos as a villain. We didn't even know that he was going to be the villain. We just, we a lot of people thought he could just be the villain for the next Avengers movie. Right. So this but is, I, you know, very similar. I think yeah, we now but, have but a I do think Kang and Doom. I do think, from a casual fan's perspective, the criticisms are valid. Uh, I know it's a transition period, but um, if I'm a casual fan, I've just watched Avengers Endgame, and then I'm thrown into Phase 4 uh, without really knowing what's going on or getting the hints. Because as a comic reader, right after Spider-Man No Way Home, okay, they're definitely going to lead into some sort of Secret Wars movie. Uh, but from a casual fan's perspective, they wouldn't know that. They wouldn't know who that person who showed up at the end of Loki was. They, would, they wouldn't know what the multiverse is. But... Uh, so, yeah, I do think some of the criticisms are valid because you had the grounded universe sort of doing its own thing. You know, Black Widow, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier setting up the Thunderbolts. And then you had Spider-Man, uh, Doctor Strange um, setting up the multiverse. So, yeah, it did feel kind of disjointed. But now that they know there's a clear plan, they, um, you know, uh, it I, puts a lot of criticisms to bed. I would potentially say. argue against that in the sense that mm-hmm. I think that most of the criticism about the seeming, like, aimlessness of phase four has actually been from mcu diehards who have had yeah conditioning conditioning essentially yeah, like, for, yeah, through the exactly. first three phases and where everything is leading up to essentially one big thing right and phase four to me has always been kind of like jemmy said like a reset phase where mm. we are essentially kind of doing phase one over again where we are introducing a bunch of brand new characters and then building up to something that is akin to the first Avengers and right. where we get an indication of Thanos or the next big bad. 
where mm-hmm. it is, you know, that seemingly is Kang Dynasty slash Secret Wars. Right. Um, but potentially earlier in something like Thunderbolts, like we don't quite know exactly where the culmination begins and then leads into maybe Kang Dynasty as the Infinity War equivalent into Secret Wars Endgame. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point as well. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, the first... So yeah, and I think yeah. it also goes to show how, like... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just... It just goes to show basically how, look, at the end of the day, I think, yeah, that is what Sam was saying is absolutely true. A lot of... The MCU has basically been able to win over, I think, general audiences completely to the point where, you know, like, now we have comic book fans gatekeeping complaining that, oh, the MCU stands, and, you know, you have the Wanda stands arguing about and people complain about whether or not she could be yeah. Doctor Strange or, you know, the massive mm-hmm. amounts of, you know, WandaVision was literally one of the most popular streaming shows of all time. And there's a reason for that. I think, to be frank, I think us diehards have gotten a little spoiled and sometimes mm-hmm. can kind of miss the forest for the trees. But, you know, I am I think that most, the people still complain at this point are kind of, they're not going to be happy either way. And I think most mm-hmm. people are excited to see what the future holds. Yeah, definitely. That's a valid point. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, the, rounding up Phase 4 are She-Hulk and Wakanda Forever. So I want to go to She-Hulk first. Uh, what do you guys think of the trailer? They did debut that trailer in uh, at SCCC. Uh, it was released online at the same time as well. Uh, and we got some interesting cameos. Wong made an appearance. And uh, at the end, we got Daredevil in the yellow and red suit. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, this, this trailer sold me not necessarily yeah. more than the second one. I, I enjoyed the first trailer, but I think that this one did a far better job of conveying exactly what this show is actually right. going to be. Um, right. And yeah, like I I assumed that Wong was going to be there simply because of the sort of preface that we got in Shang-Chi of him interacting with Abomination. It kind of mm-hmm. would make sense that maybe he right. would continue to cross paths with Emil. Mm-hmm. Um but to get that confirmed is great. Um, the the WCU, the Wong CU lives, um, and <laughs> yep. yeah, Daredevil. I mean, it was it was reported on that he would get his yellow and red suit here. Right. Uh, I I dig it. I dig it. I think get Charlie Cox in as many things as possible as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, and I uh, I can't wait. I don't. The one thing I'm slightly concerned about is that because She Hulk is explicitly a comedy show. I don't know how particularly Daredevil diehards are going to react if right. really the first depiction we see of MCU Daredevil mm-hmm. is in a comedy context. Right. Because um, people are concerned about the Disney plusification of Daredevil, mm-hmm. um, which is inevitable to a certain extent. But I think that this probably won't quell any concerns that people have. Yeah. It might just aggravate those, but yeah. Uh, me personally, I love that yellow and uh, red suit. It's a classic from the comics. Uh, and yeah, the Wong Cinematic Universe. He's how many projects has he been in right now? He's been in um, Spider Man No Way Home, Shang Chi, um, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, and now uh, She Hulk. So that's very interesting. And I do think um, another connection that could be made for Wong here was at the end of Shang Chi, they had that Avengers Council sort of thing with Bruce Banner. Um, Wong, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, and all that. So, yeah, it, it could be linked to Bruce Banner in that way. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this show. I think this trailer perfectly sold me on it. Uh, Jemmy, do you have anything to add? 
Um, I mean, I thought I okay. I'm a big fan of John Bryan. What he did with She-Hulk seemed like they're really trying to harken back to that more classical, uh, fourth breaking stuff like that. So I'm appreciating that. Um, I you know, I think here's what I would say in terms of the whole Daredevil thing. <laughs> it's gonna be funny. They're the so-called MCUification. I feel like people miss something, and I feel like even yesterday proved the point. The past those batch, especially Phase Four on Disney Plus. They had to be restrained on purpose. They were very restrained, and I feel that was on purpose because it was proof of concept. For what it's worth, all of these shows we have to remember were being made at the same time. They had guaranteed the movies had made money, but they had no guarantee that fans would actually invest long term in Disney Plus as a platform. Even then, now we can already see by the fact that um, Daredevil have eighteen episodes by the fact that. Um, Marvel Zombies is going to be MA that they're already going beyond the the six episode um, more casual format so I think that you know She-Hulk I'm hoping to be frank that they go all in on the comedy because you know what I grew up reading actual comics and I know the fact that you could go from reading a comic a Spider-Man comic book where he and Daredevil are palling around and then pick up on the same day a comic book where he's contemplating the moral existentialism of religion and whether he's truly a good person or not. The the MCU, I feel like, has the ability to show a lot of different tones. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that audiences realize that that is kind of the point of being able to tell diverse storytelling. Because, you know, while I'm sure I will do hope that they have a more serious tone for the Daredevil, for Born Again, obviously... I think that I would look forward to seeing a different style because while the Netflix show was great, there have been tons of interpretations of Daredevil that are just as good or better. And I'm really looking forward to seeing other ones for that. Only thing I would, last thing I'll say about She-Hulk is again, I feel people's CGI concerns weren't really warranted as it already shows that the CGI in this trailer. Oh yeah. It's, it's improved. I think it, yes, it was obvious that this trailer, I'm pretty sure. I think it was just because there was kind of a lull at that point in the news cycle, mm-hmm. so they just wanted to push something out. But it looks better even then than it did. And I'm sure that they'll improve it by the time that the, the show actually comes out on Disney+. Plus. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, moving on, Wakanda Forever. Goddamn, what a trailer that was. That was an emotional tribute to Chadwick Boseman and also a way to look forward on what this uh, universe has to offer next. Uh, yeah, this this sold me on the movie. I had a lot of concerns about Wakanda Forever going in. Uh, everything, obviously, what happened with Chadwick, the concerns with Letitia Wright. Uh, but yeah, this trailer, spot on. It it hit the spot. I, I would say this was a trailer well done. The music, the visuals. Uh, Namor. Namor looks absolutely phenomenal. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm hyped for this movie. What do you guys think? I'd probably mm. argue it was one of Marvel's best teasers, period. And I would say, yeah, you know, like, I would say in terms of Marvel's teasers, that perfect, well, okay. Ironically, I think their best teaser is still Age of Ultron, even though that teaser was not at all like the movie that we got. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, this, I think, perfectly, the reality is, in it, this, I think, shows that this is exactly what this movie is going to need to be. This isn't just, this already, even before Chadwick passed, this wasn't going to be a normal movie, just because of the fact that Black Panther was such a t- cultural touchstone. To right. be frank, and I won't belabor the point and be preachy, there are very few black male role models, black role models, period. I have a feeling looking at what they do is the fact that they're not only able to actually show a tribute to a positive black role model, 
but from what we've heard from production and what we've heard from the trailer, also celebrate another element that's not really recognized enough, recognize enough black femininity and being able to see positive female heroes who don't have to fit into the trope of strong female hero who aren't playing sidekick to either some male character or a white character, but right. actually being take center stage. Letitia Wright, you know, I think for what it's worth, personal opinions aside, I do think that she's a genuinely good actress. Mm-hmm. And I do know, I don't doubt that she was very close to Chadwick, and I know they were close. They shared the same faith, and they that right. they that she will that she will do what's necessary for this movie. I'm also really looking to seeing this stack. This casting is absolutely amazing. I have a feeling that Angela Bassett, that brief clip of that monologue. Oh yeah, in, that monologue was to the bone powerful in in the theaters. Similarly, I can't wait to see what. Um, uh, the characters like Nakia and Okoye will do. I love them mm-hmm. in the first movie, so seeing updates M'Baku. on them. M'Baku, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, all of the designs on just the natural lighting on Atlantis and what they're doing already looks amazing. So, the, Honestly, even more than the story, one of the strongest elements of Black Panther was its world building, was its production right. design, the way mm-hmm. that it literally made you feel this lived-in culture. So I'm feeling they're going to be able to not only extend on that with Wakanda and what Ryan Coogler has already done, but now introducing Atlantis and even potentially another country that we've heard some rumblings about, I think is going to be really exciting to see. Definitely. Definitely. Sam? Um, <clears throat> what a way to close the show, huh? I know, um, right? I I I I will one up Jemmy in the sense that I do genuinely think that it is the best trailer that they've ever produced. Um, yeah. It's I, I've seen a lot of the same sentiment being shared around online in certain spaces, but I I, I felt it as well that it was weirdly cathartic watching that trailer. Um, it, it kind of it it made me kind of be at peace with it in a way that I didn't knew that I needed to be. Um mm. and you know I, I I still I you know to be candid I do still have some concerns about the the shadow that Letitia Wright will have over this film just in terms of the controversy I, I agree with Jimmy that she is a, a wonderful actress. Um but I think that if there wasn't that controversy, which to be fair has subsided now and she hasn't done yeah. anything mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but if there wasn't that controversy, I legitimately think that this reveal, the trailer, everything w- would have been l- no hyperbole perfect. Right. Like there, I, there is nothing I can criticize exactly what Jemmy said, the, the world building, even even just like tangentially the 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 editing and the score used in the soundtrack um like ludwig coming back to score the film having the transition between everything's going to be all right into kendrick it's ju- it was just everything i could have possibly hoped for um like i i didn't know how this film was going to come together in the same way that you voiced amand but Mm-hmm. It looks like it is, and oh yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember all three of us talking about a, f- a few weeks back of what what's the film that we're most looking forward to. Right. It might have been our episode zero, even mm-hmm. yeah. And you said Wakanda Jemmy, Forever. Jemmy said Wakanda Forever, yeah. and I I mm-hmm. doubled down. Yeah, and I said like 
if Thor doesn't put the MCU back on track, Black Panther will. Well, and as much as I really enjoyed Thor, I don't think it's put the MCU back on track. Mm-hmm. From the looks of it, Black Panther is is going to. It's going that. to, yeah. I mean, it um, looks what a, it looks like the perfect movie to end the phase. Uh, and yeah, I think it's and, just I have to give props to Ryan Coogler. You know, mm-hmm. the way like um, I, I I'm pretty sure he was already done with the script or almost uh, or at least started the script for Black Panther two while uh, Chadwick Boseman was still around and, uh, you know, getting dealt that blow of not having your star character not being in the film and uh, coming up with a plot that satisfied Kevin Feige and hopefully us fans as well. I think that's a phenomenal job. Uh, and it's touching tribute at, at San Diego Comic-Con as well. I went back and watched the video. Absolutely amazing. That just shows how much Chadwick Boseman was meant to them as a person and how he embodied T'Challa that even if Kevin Feige wanted to recast, I think Ryan Coogler would have been adamant in his decision that he would he would not he, he could not see or have anyone else portray that perfect image of T'Challa in his mind. Uh, so yeah, props to Ryan Coogler for that. Um, Jimmy, you wanted to say something? And I just think I'm hoping to be frank. He has been when uh, when we have the conversations about um the best MCU directors. You know, I think it was honestly, it was hard to talk about Ryan because he only had one project. So when you compare him to someone, in the MCU at least, so you compare it to someone like Gunn, when you compare him to someone like the Russo brothers, uh, right. or uh, I would I, I would put Taika uh, up there as well. Um, you know, it was hard to. But I do think that this will really cement him. I honestly feel that, again, from what I remember, I believe it was Deadline that reported, it was a while ago, but remember, so he's taking charge on Ironheart which again, mm-hmm. it was glad to see. And also there's another show. So he's basically going to be in charge of developing a whole Wakanda-centric poss- right. uh, uh, wing of the MCU. And, you know, I think to be frank, just in the same way that I'm really glad that DC has gun to be able to do their Suicide Squad anti-hero angle. I really think that he's the perfect creative because he's someone who not only, he's invested on all fronts. He's invested oh, yeah. in the directing elements. He's invested in the writing elements and the world building, all of those really, he basically is, I would argue, and this might be border sacrilege, but if they, once they do need, because, you know, he's not going to stick around forever, once they do need a potential to find someone else to fit into the role of um, Kevin, once he decides to move on, the two mm-hmm. people who have arguably proven their best shot to be replaced are Ryan Coogler and James Gunn. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I could I could definitely see that happening. Uh but yeah, I think this this was a perfect way to end the show, and uh, Black Panther might just be the perfect movie to end Phase Four. Uh, but moving on, uh, the next pro- we so Kevin Feige came out and announced all the Phase Five projects. So Ant Man and the Wasp, February 17, twenty twenty three. Um, Jonathan Majors will be reprising his role as Kang, and Modok is confirmed to be in the film. We still we still don't know who's playing him, but uh, r- we, uh, rumors we, and we, leaks are suggesting Corey Stahl. Yeah. Uh, might be uh, the man for the job. Uh, but yeah, guys, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where's your hype level on this? Not not overly high, which sounds weird because mm-hmm. Kang, obviously, um, and obviously Cassie leveling up to either Stature or, right. or Stinger or whatever mm-hmm. they decide to name her. Um, I just... I enjoy the Ant-Man films, and I know that from something that Jemmy posted in Discord earlier today, we're probably going to disagree. Um, I I just I don't think they're that strong. I think Peyton Reed isn't that excellent of a director. I think he's relatively 
generic in his directing style. Um, and I think that just the 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 um, premise of Ant-Man using different scales is what carries a lot of the visuals in those films. I, I, I'm not necessarily sure that it's actually Peyton Reed. There's really mm-hmm. the magic source there. Um, I have high hope for, for Quantum Mania because of Kang, because it is now officially the start of Phase 5. Um, it seems that they're probably going to be building up to something big uh, from leaks that have potentially... Uh, come out there's some interesting plot premise obviously we know bill murray is now confirmed uh even mm-hmm. though we've known for a while so yeah i'm i'm interested but i'm not i'm not sold yet i'm i would say i'm co- on the completely opposite spectrum this is the project that appeals to me most out of the entire phase five lineup wow. aside from daredevil i could say especially mainly because of the qu- whole quantum realm aspects i think they can do a lot with it and kang being there modok being there modok was actually one of the first ever my probably my first exposure to a marvel villain uh, i had a P- playstation portable game uh it was avengers superhero academy i believe and modok was the main villain in that and uh yeah that was probably my first exposure to a l- large-scale Marvel villain, you can say. So, yeah, I'm very intrigued by this uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. I do have my theories on how it could end, uh, what other characters can be introduced, um, Fantastic Four. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in this project. Uh, probably the one that speaks out to me most in Phase 4. But, Jemmy, uh, I mean Phase 5. Jemmy. The Ant-Man movies are usually palette cleanser slash setup. I think this right. will be interesting because as my, my brother, you know, he's he's not exactly a, a fan of the Ant-Man movies, but he's, you know, he's been, mm-hmm. this is basically, they've positioned Ant-Man to, depending on how this movie goes, be potentially one of the most important Marvel movies. Right. Because, you know, for what it's worth, Thanos was played very close to the chest for, um, as a big bad, you know, we got mm-hmm. only snips, snippets and pieces of him. This is the first time, right. I mean, we don't technically know if Kang is going to be the big bad. A one hundred percent. You know, there's obviously room for Doom to usurp that. Um, but for what it's worth, every indication is given the fact that Kang is going to be the major threat that they're going to be facing. And this is the first time we're getting a villain being fought by a solo person before going on to right. do a team thing. I think you know. Here's I. I would agree that the anime moves aren't necessarily the best directed. I'd honestly argue that. Peyton Reed has done a better job with Star Wars than he has done with uh, Marvel. Oh, he's done Star Wars projects? Yeah, he's done a couple episodes of The Mandalorian. Uh, He did uh, the the finale of The Mandalorian a couple episodes in the season, I think. Mm, And he's written stuff as well. But but, uh, I think that the Ant-Man was always fun. You know, to me, like, when I, what I get up for in the morning is something like Black Panther or a Captain America movie or, of course, an Avengers movie. I think there's plenty of room for, you know, the Ant-Man movies to me have always been, you know, it's a fun adventure. They honestly, in a weird way, the Ant-Man movies are some of the most rewatchable, even though they're not necessarily my favorite. Um, right. That being said, it feels like they're positioning this one to be very different. And honestly, I for I was lucky enough to see some snippets of the actual leaked trailer. This one definitely has a sense of gravitas that the other ones did not, more akin to something that we'd see in like an actual Avengers level threat, which, you know, he's facing now. Right. So it's going to be interesting right. to see, I think, uh, how they're able to mix the potential lighthearted vibes we know from the Ant Man family to the now quite literal multiversal stakes that we're going to be going into for phase five. Right. 
Yeah, that is certainly interesting. But uh, this is on top of my list, and I can't wait to see Jonathan Majors kill it as Kang. Uh, but next up, we do have a Secret Invasion on Disney Plus. Um, this is one I'm kind of lukewarm on because it depends on what characters are going to be there. Because I've read the Secret Invasion comic, I thought it was all right. But isn't this supposed to be an Avengers level threat or event? Why is it just being limited to Nick Fury and basically Shield? You can say, you guys. And what is well, your hype level on this? I I think that again, the MCU has always had a strength. The reality is, especially we're entering an era of Marvel right now. It seems like Marvel's mostly drawing from the two thousands era, which is mm-hmm. an era that had a lot of good ideas, but also when you right. get down to it, a lot of good ideas, bad execution. Writing. Yes, bad execution. Good ideas. Yeah. Uh, so I think that while Secret Invasion was honestly one of the stronger events that came out of that era in the first place, uh, stronger written at least, I do mm-hmm. think that in some ways they can shake it up. You know, I think to be frank, Samuel Jackson is one of the best actors that the MCU right. ever had. Yeah, this is definitely. we're finally getting a chance for him to shine. I also do feel, especially from both leaks I've seen, that there is more on the outset. I've heard suggestions that this could. They're playing, they're keeping the cast small and seemingly small on purpose because there will be more heroes. You already see Invocation War Machine. I've heard even rumors that part of how they'll be able to find Squirrel Agents is bringing in uh, Matt Murdock and talking to him, basically using his senses as a way to find squirrels or whatever. So, you know, things like that. Um, but another thing I think people don't realize is this is basically, I would argue, Marvel's actual first prestige show. Uh, you've got. Uh, the, uh, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman is in this. Amelia Clark is in this. Samuel Jackson, of course. Uh, uh, Reggie uh, John. Mar- uh, yeah. Yeah, what's the name? Uh, Martin Freeman was confirmed to be returning mm-hmm. as Everett Ross. This literally has not even some of, literally people who are constantly considered at the top of the best actors and actresses of our time going to be in this project. Especially since I've heard they're going to be really focusing on the espionage angle. I honestly think that this could, in the same way that audiences really fell in love with, uh, what's that movie called? Audiences really fell in love with Winter Soldier. I think Mm -hmm. that this will do good. And for what it's worth, I also don't necessarily think we shouldn't assume that just because this is called Secret Invasion, that the Secret Invasion is going to be over in this project. I think there is a lot of potential that it could set up something. And then there could be more exploring the scrolls integrating into humans after that. that that's that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, Sam, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I mean, since it was announced, it was one of the projects that I was more interested in mm-hmm. um, in terms of Disney Plus. Anyway, uh, I sim- similarly, when it was first announced, at least had a bit of a shell shock reaction of wait, they're doing it as a show instead of a movie. This yeah. is meant to be quite a big thing with yeah. a lot of crossover characters and, and stuff like that. That that's what um, I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I'm I'm with with Jemmy 100 percent where I'm pretty sure this is just going to be introducing the concept of secret invasion right. and having a, a few shenanigans happen along the way. But scrolls aren't going to be disappearing after this show. Obviously they are essentially guaranteed to show up at least in some form in the marvels Marvels, um and going forwards who knows i think it will in the same way that we're wondering how how are the mc how is the mcu going to do the x-men when 
people aren't afraid of heroes. If they implant the concept that you can't trust anyone, anybody could be a scroll, anybody that isn't human is a threat in secret in secret invasion, that very, very easily can convert into oh, mutants aren't human, therefore right. threat. Right. So I think that Especially with the Cree links, the Cree links that precisely. mutants so might have. Yeah, there's there's mm -hmm. going to be there's there's Cree sleeper agents. Right. Um Talos confirmed that in Far From Home. Mm -hmm. So I think this is going to be a, laying the groundwork in the same way that a prestige show is going to be like must watch television. I think at the end of the day, Secret Invasion is going to be a sleeper hit, pun intended, um, where people aren't necessarily expecting tons from it, but it actually ends up being like critical viewing. You know, that's what I get anyway. And, and another thing I think is important to see, even for what it's worth, the scrolls. honestly, I feel like they might even be using Secret Invasion almost as a test point for something even bigger. Um, Operate, we can't forget that the scrolls and the Kree, the Secret Invasion is a relatively new concept in the decades long. They already had a precedent of the scroll and the Kree fighting. I could easily mm -hmm. see them trying to do an Operation Galactic Storm. I could easily, even if they want to go more modern, doing something like an adaptation, since they are, you know, bringing the Young Avengers, they could do something right. with Empire and have, um, you know, Hulkling be at the forefront of this, you know, since he both has that, you know, Kree DNA and Squirrel DNA. You know, the right. whole concept of the, the beauty of the Kree Skull Roar is the fact that you have planet Earth basically as battleground zero for a place where, you know, strategically all these two different warring empires want it. So, you know, I feel like it's definitely weird that, again, it's weird that we're not going to see, you know, some of these iconic characters doing, uh, probably bring scrolls. But I definitely think that we will, we have reason to not be scrolling. Right. I mean, I, 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 th I feel like I still need to see more to be completely convinced on this project. I think, uh, sorry, just, just to clarify, mm -hmm. something that really encapsulates it, I think that this is going to be the equivalent of Civil War, where right. Civil War still has ramifications and you know um what's the called? ripple effects even to this day in the mcu i think that this is going to be the next edition of that yeah right. sorry continue that on. could that could work that could work uh but next up guardians of the galaxy volume three they did show some footage some of that made its way online and uh i think most of us most of us have seen it uh so sam what were your thoughts on that um i i like the other two guardians films that's that's about where i'm at um i i'm not sure i'm overly fond of the way james gunn is like discussing it it kind of feels like he wants to just clean his hands of it in a weird way um and i know that there might potentially be some leftover bad blood from obviously his firing rehiring um but it's weird it's like if you if you actually people listening if you actually see his segment at the panel there's it's kind of like a disdain for the audience when they are upset that he says it's the end he's kind of like sorry things come to an end sometime doesn't mean everyone's gonna die that it's it's like a nonchalantness which i get is kind of james gunn style anyway but i, I and to clarify i have no doubt that the film is going to be good i think that even from the, the little bit of footage and from you know rumors that we've been hearing about where the focus is going to lie in terms of characters i think that they're making the right decisions um 
but it's just it's just the presentation of it thus far kind of feels like James Gunn kind of wants this to be over and done with as quickly as possible so he can jump ship to DC. I could see how that can be interpreted. I didn't necessarily get the same vibe. To me, I felt like, to me, okay, Gunn, for whatever is worth, he's probably the or top three favorite directors right now, period. Not counting, just just period. I think he's a really good director. And I think he's one of the few people who his movies are consistently getting better and actually staying and learning how to improve his craft. But I feel that he's actually, for what is worth, giving the MCU a gift that I don't think any director is actually bold enough to give them. A sense of finality. Um, Spider-Man will continue until Tom Holland is playing old man Peter Parker. Um, th- you know, the MCU will continue till the sun burns out. But I do think that we have, the Guardians have the potential to be the most consistent, tonally consistent, and arguably probably best um, best franchise um, that we've had go through go through the MCU. You know, I got right. the feeling, honestly, it felt bittersweet from everybody. He can be kind of flippant, I think, so I think that's what leads to it. But, you know, the fact that I think that this movie is going to be um, is going to be very interesting. You know, obviously, it's kind of in a weird place in a lot of our minds just because of the delays and how long it took to finally get it. But I think that he's one of the few people in the MCU who's definitely willing to basically almost in some ways be willing to ignore um some of what the fans say and i think in some ways it does benefit can detriment i know not everyone liked the amount of humor in guardians i think honestly think that he did a better job and that it was totally did it and even then he improved with his own stuff in suicide squad but you know Mm -hmm. i feel that this movie is going to honestly be special from the footage i've seen it's definitely going to be pretty emotional i feel we're going to be saying goodbye to a lot of our favorite or at least some of our favorite characters Mm -hmm. But I am grateful that we get to kind of close out this chapter of Space Cosmic Saga. And whether that means there's new Guardians team or maybe something like the Annihilators or something like Mm -hmm. that in the future. I'm excited that we're getting a sort of last hurrah before we move on. Yeah. I mean, it's way better than what what would have happened otherwise. James Gunn having that uh, little thing he had with Marvel. Uh, He left Guardians 3 for a while, but then he came back. I think it's best case scenario. He's back. He's finishing out his trilogy. So, um, But yeah, the one thing I did read was um, apparently James Gunn has filmed death scenes for all the characters. Uh, uh, in the uh, in the team, so the uh, cast doesn't know who's gonna die, uh, and uh, don't believe any leaks because um, there's multiple there's uh, footage out there of basically every character dying. So, you know, I think uh, that's a very James Gunn thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, me personally, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, the Suicide Squad, probably one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Uh, the uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. In, uh, I would say in, the, in my top five MCU movies. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this project and uh, hope James Gunn delivers yet again. Uh, but moving on, next up, we have Echo in summer 20... Uh, so, summer 2023. So, what do you guys... How do you guys feel about this one? Don't have much to say, honestly. I think, mm-hmm. like, I- I've talked about this elsewhere, um, but I think Alacra Cox did a great job with Echo in Hawkeye, but it's clear that it was very evident that it was her first acting role. Like she just wasn't fully comfortable um, playing the part. I think that the representation that she brings is excellent. I think that just the concept of her character and the fact that she 
was introduced in Hawkeye when he was dealing with hearing loss. And it, mm-hmm. it's perfectly tonally, it's, it's great thematically. Um, I think it's good that she is going to get an assist from Daredevil. Right. Um, obviously, it makes again sense that a guy who, who's lost his sight is going to interact with a girl who, who can't hear. Like it, it, it makes sense that they would bring those kind of characters together right. um, and have that sort of bond or, or shared experience. Um, but it's just again, like, what is this show? Like, what is she yeah. going to be doing? What's I, I have no no context of uh Echo villains. I mean, obviously, we can assume mm-hmm. that D'Onofrio is going to show up, but right, is yeah. he the big bad again, or is she going to have something else? And he is just sort of like a tangential background thing. I'm not really sure. I mean, from what I know about, I mean, I don't obviously, I don't think anyone really follows echo that much to but um from what i do understand unless they come up with someone or might possibly borrow another like crime boss or something it would make sense for fisk to be the big bad of this show um in general i would say i thought she did a good job you know obviously you know i we could tell that there was a little bit rough around the edges and some elements but i thought she did a really good job in hawkeye honestly my only thought is i just hope that people don't set themselves up for something they're not going to get I have a feeling that even, well, okay, for what it's worth, we now have confirmed that we are getting Daredevil season four. But a lot of people, when they first announced this, wrote in their minds that this was basically going to be Daredevil season four. And I'm really hoping that they stay away from that. Because here's what I say. At the end of the day, I love Charlie Cox. I love Vincent D'Onofrio. And you can literally give me as as much of them as possible. But I think that we have the potential to see a really cool character in Echo, not only for the representation, but also, to be frank, she's just a cool character. She's basically has, in the comics, she has, she's a good version of Taskmaster. She has those elements to be able to do that. Depending, us also, again, very interesting. I'm not the biggest fan of what Jason Aaron is doing in the Avengers right now, but Echo is very much at the forefront of what he is doing, what he has done with the Avengers right now. And also, she currently is has some connections to X-Men mythology that weren't previously um, doing. Now, I don't necessarily think they're going to go that direction fully. It'd be pretty wild to do that to start off with. But I do definitely think that, um, you know, she's a really good character that they have a lot of room. And for what it's worth, it's kind of almost to their benefit that she doesn't have too much baggage with either the fans or in the comics, because that means that there's not going to be, you won't have a Moon Knight situation where I'd argue Moon Knight was honestly a really good project on its own, but a lot of the criticisms are coming from people who say that it's not comic accurate enough. This, I feel like it can really embrace and be its own thing without having to really worry about anybody else. Right, I think that's fair. Me personally, I don't know how to feel about this. We literally know next to nothing aside from the fact Daredevil and Dinofrio and uh, Kingpin will be returning. Uh, so yeah, uh, something I'll definitely t- have to check out. But uh, can't say for certain. I'm not hyped, but I'm not not hyped either. So uh, yeah, moving on to the next project, the Marvels. I would say number two on my list of most hyped out of this uh, Phase Five. Um, again, I'm super excited to see uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, uh, on the big screen uh, for the first time. Uh, and I didn't think Captain Marvel 2019 was as bad as people make it out to be. So I'm genuinely excited to see how uh, her, uh, Brie, uh, uh, Carol Danvers' story continues and how they tie in uh, Photon. Um, uh, I keep forgetting. Uh, Maria Rambo. Is it Monica or Maria Rambo? Monica. Monica, yeah. Monica Rambo uh, and then Miss Marvel. So yeah, I'm uh, genuinely excited for this one. 
Yeah. And I say the same. Um, mm. Captain Marvel. I liked Captain Marvel overall. I think honestly, the main problems were it were twofold. One, to be honest, it just should have they should have released at a different time. We yeah. were coming off the heels of Infinity War. This was a character who people like, but you know, it's not necessarily the most popular. It was just released at a weird time in the first place, combined yeah. with the fact that they chose to go with honestly a pretty restrained origin story for a character that doesn't really benefit being restrained kind of made it a weird mismatch. I think from all that we've seen, they really look like they're trying to embrace the cosmic aspect. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that, you know? Also, I think, really, Nia DaCosta, I think, is a very good director and writer. I loved what she did with Candyman, so I'm excited to see her perspective. And I honestly think, my hope is, I really want to see some good classic chemistry. I think the idea that they're taking this from just being Carol folks to ensemble is their strengths. Because honestly, from every movie I've seen in, uh, uh, Brie Larson is always best when she's playing off other people and especially high energy actors and I know that um, the actress who they have for um, both Kamala and uh, Marie uh, Monica will do great I think you know potentially also you know I think that the relationship between Fury and Carol was really cool glad to see that oh, yeah. being able to come back um, in that mm-hmm. I'm assuming obviously we'll get to see the fallout of Secret Invasion learn more mm-hmm. about whatever goes on in there and, you yeah. know, in general, I've also heard maybe even the potential of a really cool, like, Avengers scene, you know, getting to see some other heroes who not even necessarily connect to the main plot, but just see kind of the status of what the Avengers are doing at this point in right. Phase 5. So, yeah. you know, I am I think that this movie has a lot going for it, and a lot more going for it, and I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I think it also, like, uh, at the end of Shang-Chi, we saw that a small council, again, Bruce Banner, Carol Danvers, um, now Shang-Chi, part of that. Um, I think yeah, that could be the new Avengers, you can say, because who else is part of the Avengers? We we could see a Shang-Chi cameo, a Hulk cameo, a Wong cameo as well. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm hyped for this one. And I think Secret Invasion could be the perfect setup for this movie. Uh, and they could uh, tie all that in. So yeah, uh, Sam? I'm, I think regardless of any concerns that I might have about the film itself, obviously there are rumors that part of this film is going to be musical um i forgot i think regardless of any concerns i may have about how exactly that is executed i think in concept it can be done Mm -hmm. but how it's executed i mean again like jamie said i trust in nia DaCosta. she is a very talented filmmaker but um i need to see it to to know but that being said i think that the trio of uh brie iman and teona paris i think that is too good to fail um, with how how we've seen a man execute Miss um, Marvel in the series, mm-hmm. I think that having her alongside Captain Marvel and Photon slash Spectrum, whichever they go for, right? I I don't think that that can really be done badly. I I I I think anybody would struggle to mess that up. So I'm looking forward to to seeing that regardless. Yeah, um, same here. But uh, moving on to the next project that was announced, uh, Loki Season 2. Again, we barely know anything uh, much about it, but I think it'll be dealing with uh, the fallout of uh, Loki and Sylvie killing Kang and how that set into motion a series of events that will probably uh, we'll probably witness till fa- uh, the end of Phase 6. Uh, but yeah, guys, Loki Season 2. Where are your hype, hype levels on for this one? I know they were filming mm-hmm. outside of an old McDonald's. That's all yep. I, all I That's know. That's all I know. 
That's all I need to know. I've seen Owen Wilson. He's back, baby. Yep. He's outside of McDonald's. He's, he's drinking <laughs> on that drink. You know, that's that's all I need. Yeah. Get him a jet ski. That's all I want. Yeah, <laughs> um, I really like, I think pretty much everybody. I think, honestly, Loki was what Secret Invasion will, I think, be. Not right. some people, it was a mix of people saying, Oh, you know, I'm kind of tired of Loki, or people thinking, Okay, that sounds interesting, but not really knowing what to expect of it. I think it surprised a lot of people. What I'm hoping to be frank that they do is play to the show's strengths. I think the show did a very good job because it was able to stand out, it was able to stand out on its own from the rest of the MCU, still be connected. Obviously, it's set up, you know, we're seeing the Kang dynasty coming into play. But um, it was able to, I think, do a really good job. I'm hoping that they don't worry too much about MCU connections. Obviously, they're going to have to address the fact that Kang has taken over the TVA. Um, yeah. But, you know, to be frank, they have a really core cast. I want to see more Lokis. I want to see the interactions with Owen and, uh, and, um, and sorry. I want to see the interactions between Mobius and Sylvie and everyone else. Um, I really want to see what's going up with Judge Renslayer. Right. Has she been confirmed for Ant Man? I feel like she has. She is there any rumors that she might be in that at all? Or I, I haven't heard anything. She's definitely. I not haven't heard anything either. But it would yeah. make sense. You'd yeah, say. I mean, it would make sense since, uh, because of her relationship to Kang. But I mean, I'm I'm excited to see all these characters. Um, I hope really that there's a new mystery to keep us excited with the idea of the whole who's behind the TVA kind of being able to persuade right. that. So I hope they have a similar kind of deal. But I mean, honestly. This is the this is the one project, honestly, I legitimately have no real concerns worry about. I feel that it'll be perfectly fine. It just has to come yeah. out. Yeah, I think this project particularly could be very important into how things play out. I think Kang will for sure be returning once again. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, I think this is this is a project don't know much about and uh, don't know what to expect, to be honest. Uh, but moving on, uh, the big one, you can say. The, the big reveal of uh, 2019 SDCC is Blade, uh, and it's scheduled to release on uh, November 3rd, 2023. Um, it is Halloween time, so uh, Sam, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I have pretty much for a year and a half now that this, is, that this was when Blade was going to come, yeah. you know, that we knew everything up until this release date. Right. And, you know, I, I mean, I've said to you before, Mahershala Ali is not getting any younger. Um, Jimmy, I think you're heading out. Thank you for being a part of it, man. Much appreciated. Yes, it was a great show. Love right, talking uh, this stuff with you guys. And uh, you guys keep going, doing great work here. All right, man. Peace out. Have a good day. Take care, buddy. Um, yeah, in, in terms of the the release, Mahershala Ali isn't getting any younger. You know, he, he needs mm -hmm. to be... Uh, <laughs> He needs to be in the MCU ASAP so that he can capitalize him on as much as possible. Right. And like you said, an October slash November, early November release is perfect mm -hmm. Halloween wise. Right. Um, I think, I mean, I, I, there's no plot leaks about this film as far as I know, but the castings that they have done thus far have me incredibly excited. I think it's the, I can't remember, Delroy. I'm going to blank on the surname, but that, that's going to annoy me. It's the guy from, um, now I'm blanking on the name of the film, the Netflix <laughs> film, the Netflix film with Chadwick in, in Vietnam. Um, uh, not sure which one you're talking I'm about. I'm going to look it up whilst I'm speaking. They've cast uh -huh. the main guy from there. And I think he was 
a runaway sort of breakout success. He's been uh-huh. working for a while. Right. Um, but to get him in there, maybe as like some kind of mentor, uh, I'm 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 down. I I, I want to see how uh, the five bloods, that's what the film is. Oh, about. the five bloods, okay. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just interested to see what they do with it. Like, is this gonna be not necessarily R rated, but is it gonna be yeah. is it gonna be above like a twelve? Yeah, I don't think it needs to be R-rated. They can no. push the boundaries of PG-13, like how the Batman did, and still accomplish mm-hmm. a great story for this character. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kit Harrington is also returning as uh, Dane Whitman, also known as Black Knight. Uh, so that's interesting to see. And there are rumors that Anthony Starr could potentially be playing Dracula. As much as I don't think it's true, I want this to be true so bad. He is... Don't get my hopes up. Yeah, I... I, I after like I've seen the rumor, I just can't see anyone else playing that mm-hmm. character. Uh, so yeah, um, I do think this uh, could eventually lead into some sort of Midnight Suns movie. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, moving on. Do you have anything else to say before? No, 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 not at all. All right. Uh, so next up is Iron Heart. Obviously, uh, Ryan Coogler will be taking charge of this, uh, and I, I guess this will be like a direct sequel to um, her story from Wakanda Forever. Again, little is known about this except for. Um, the guy who played Solo, uh, Han mm-hmm. Solo, and the Solo Star Wars movie is probably playing Zeke Stain. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we practically know nothing else. But what about you? Like, yeah, I I hope that it leans into. Uh, again, we don't quite know exactly where Riri is going to be based yet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she has roots in MIT traditionally, but right. she is seemingly. I mean, she might be on like a, an outreach thing, you know, or like right. a, a studying a year abroad in Wakanda. We don't quite know mm-hmm. yet. Um, but if she is based more in Wakanda, which I would actually kind of prefer, I think, because MIT mm-hmm. is just another New York kind of, thing, oh, yeah. you know, it's another essentially milk toast generic thing. I would hope that there is a lot of Wakanda in there. Um, right. Have have some of the characters from Wakanda Forever show up in a mm-hmm. show again. But again, if it's very Wakanda related, how would characters like Zeke Stain come into play? You know, obviously, I, they... I think I think some sort of tech tech tycoon. I mean, we know mm-hmm. how dastardly uh, Jeff Bridges was in in Iron Man One. I think his son, right. <laughs> knowing that there is this essentially invaluable material in Wakanda, he might be interested in getting a hold of that vibranium possibly, possibly. Um, in the same way that Obadiah was wanting to get Iron Man tech and Iron Man one I think we could kind of see a version of that where Ironheart is protecting the vibranium of Wakanda from mm. Zeke I, I think be, that could work yeah that would be very interesting but if they do decide to go the MIT route that would be interesting because that would mean she would be in the same college university as um, uh, Ned and MJ Right, mm-hmm. so yeah. that would be interesting. Uh, I hope they make an appearance, and uh, yeah, uh, it's curious to see. But li- little is known about this project. Uh, so yeah, moving on. Uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, not House of Harkness anymore. I think I actually preferred House of Harkness better than Coven of Chaos. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, again, little is known about the show. Uh, it might be a direct sequel to Wandavision, or it could also be a prequel about Agatha. Uh, but yeah, uh, I can't really say much about this. I not hyped for this, or I'm not not hyped for this either. So I mean, I th- I think this is this is where we get Wanda back 
I think the name change is is quite evident. Obviously, Coven of Chaos, Chaos Magic. Right. Um, there is, I I think this I we'll never know for sure, but I would imagine that based on how Wanda stands really turned up for Multiverse and Madness, they are trying to. And the plan was always to have Wanda come back. She wasn't dead, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. obviously. Um, but I think they want to get her back ASAP. And she she probably would have made a cameo anyway in Agatha, right. like because that makes sense from WandaVision. But uh, I think she'll probably have a meteor role, not necessarily like co-star, but definitely a supporting for sure. Right, yeah. I mean, again, uh, if, if as long as Mephisto might be in it, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, but dream yeah. on, dream. <laughs> uh, but moving on. Uh, after that, we have. I think this is probably um, one of the massive announcements for Phase Five. The first new announcement, actually. I think, right? Everything else we've already heard of before. So, Daredevil: Born Again, eighteen episodes. That's. I think that's a little too much, but I'm hype, man. Like, uh, this is a long anticipated return of Charlie Cox as Daredevil. You know, the Save Daredevil movement, that gained a lot of traction. Um, uh, they were all in, in attendance at San Diego Comic-Con, so um, I'm sure it was a good uh, good feeling for them, you know, campaigning for, what, three, four years and getting mm -hmm. this project. Uh, something Snyder fans will never uh, witness, but uh, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's... <laughs> It's a. Uh, you had to get it in there, didn't you? you <laughs> yeah, I had to. In the wound, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I'm excited for this one. Uh, obviously, uh, Kingpin will be returning, and I'm pretty sure we might we could we can expect some other cameos as well because it's 18 episodes long. Um, probably a Lacqua Cox as a Echo, She Hulk maybe, but uh, you know, uh, it's a good one. I'm hyped. What about you? Yeah, it, it's weird. Obviously, there's been a lot of criticism that the MCU shows thus far have been too short at six right. episodes. And then I this is 18 episodes. This might be like overcompensating and going yeah. the opposite direction. Yeah. But I think that this might work. And again, there's no legitimacy or, or even speculation to this. This is just something that I'm considering. Maybe the extended runtime is not only obviously Kevin Feige kind of hearing our complaints that the shows need more time to get their right. storylines done properly. Mm -hmm. But maybe you know, born again, like that's giving me vibes that maybe this is a way to get a lot of the Netflix characters in. Hmm, interesting. Like yeah. we, we heard that either through She-Hulk slash Echo, Daredevil's main goal is to supposedly locate, locate Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. And Jessica Jones kind of comes hand in hand with Luke Cage. Right. Um, and then Luke and Cage comes hand in hand with Iron Fist. Yeah. Kind of. I, yeah. I doubt that... I think Kristen Ritter will come back as Jessica Jones. Yeah. I'm not quite sure about the other two. Mike Coulter, I, I wouldn't have a problem with coming back as Luke Cage. Obviously, um, Finn is... Uh, Iron <laughs> Fist is a different thing entirely. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe in this universe, he's played by a different actor, please. Um, <laughs> but I think that maybe that is something, you know, like that, that tagline, born again. Like not only might it apply to Daredevil and mm -hmm. Kingpin to an extent, but also a way to rebirth those Netflix, Netflix characters. Yeah. Well, one character I want to see is the Punisher. Please bring John Berthold back. That will, I think yeah. this is the perfect way to do it. You know, John Berthold back as the Punisher, and then eventually we get that um, Thunderbolts movie. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Bullseye. Uh, 
Bullseye as well. Yeah, uh, Bullseye is also rumored to be in uh, the Echo yeah. TV show. So, yep. yeah, that's interesting as well. Uh, but, yeah, I'm super hyped for this one. 18 episodes. Can't wait. Uh, but the next one is a Captain America New World Order. Now, this was leaked ahead of time through some trades. I know you sent it in our Discord. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, again, I, I was hoping it would be Captain America Ser- Serpent Society. I really want to see. Because I think it was the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, uh, the animated show, that that had Serpent Society as a decently big villain. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I would have loved to see them in live action. Uh, but, yeah, New World Order. I think this will be like a direct sequel to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier where, you know, we get uh, the Sharon Carter is uh, the power broker. Uh, And I think this could also lead into the Thunderbolts movie again uh, Mm -hmm. with um, a U.S. agent and all of that. Uh, But yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's great. Like Mm -hmm. Sam slash Anthony Mackie deserves a film as Captain America. I'd be disappointed if it was just Falcon and Winter Soldier series two. Um, wouldn't turn that down, but I would prefer him to have his own film because he deserves mm-hmm. it. Um, I I just hope that it it keeps going. It keeps um, throwing political punches in the same way oh, yeah. that Falcon and Winter Soldier was. I really do hope that they go for it and you know really lean into the fact that yes, a black man is Captain America as much as people mm-hmm. continue for some reason to say that Steve Rogers <laughs> is Captain America. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just hope that's that's what they're going for. Um, and I think the head writer of Falcon and Winter Soldier is writing this as well. Yeah. So that gives me hope that the tone will carry across. Hopefully, yeah. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier suffered a lot because of that plot change they had to make yeah. because of the vaccination plot. So I think that was the main downfall of that show. But uh, if, if it weren't for that, I think it could have really been a really good show. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to this one. Um, again, Sam, uh, I'd love uh, Anthony Mackie's portrayal of Sam uh, Sam Wilson ever since uh, Winter Soldier. He's been great in almost everything he's been in. So, yeah, really looking forward to this one. Uh, but next one uh, is to cap Phase 5 off, you can say, is uh, Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Ken Feige did say we haven't met all the characters in Thunderbolts. That gives me hope. Maybe Punisher, maybe Deadpool. Uh, but, yeah, what are your thoughts for this one? Um, obviously, we, we've kind of known this is coming for a while. Um Interesting that it's capping off phase five. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that level of movie that would cap off a phase. You know, I think depends. Fantastic Four would have been a good cap off, but uh, I don't know. I think I think having that as the start of of six kind of works as introducing a, a brand new corner slash team. But if they spin it, you know, Feige has said, as we said at the top, I think that every phase is going to be rounded off by an Avengers type film. Right. Mm-hmm. I think if we view Thunderbolts as essentially MCU suicide squad, it's kind of just like a dark Avengers film. Right. Essentially. Mm-hmm. That's what I would assume it's going to be. Right. And also fun fact that a lot of people aren't necessarily focusing on um, the director, Jake Schreier, who they've tapped to direct this mm-hmm. is for people who maybe listen to episode zero is actually the, the director of the film that I said is my favorite film of all time. So, oh, um, interesting. I was elated when he was announced as the director of, of this. And yeah, like I think that the, the potential for the different lineup, different members they could have here is off the chart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to this one. I hope there's a lot of crossovers with actual heroes and then this team. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to this. I still don't... I'm, I'm not convinced here, I guess. Obviously, we'll need to see the full panel of characters that's going to be there. Uh, but I don't think it's a face capper level um, movie. But uh, I'm, I'm here to be proven wrong, guys. I'm here to take the... Uh, You've taken yeah. one before. I've taken one before, but I've also taken a W. All right, so... Mm. Uh, <laughs> no, come on. Okay, I said we were going to get a full Phase 5 review. We got that. But not only that, we also got Phase 6. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I guess that caps off Phase 5. But the next big thing was, oh, Kevin Feige decided to tease some Phase 6 announcements. Ooh, uh, ooh And uh, obviously, starting Phase 6. I don't think it's actually starting Phase 6. There's another project slated before Fantastic Four. But I'm guessing that's a TV show uh, or something. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Um, I, I I was under the impression that this was gonna be the end of Phase uh, Five, but uh, Phase Six, Fantastic Four, uh, interesting. We we got no casting announcement, obviously, but uh, yeah. How do you feel about the Fantastic Four? Um, mm, I am cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I think it hinges very much on the director that they find mm-hmm. and it hinges very much on the casting that they make. Right. Um, I have faith in Marvel. I don't think that they've necessarily chosen a bad director yet outside of maybe Dark World. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and casting wise, I think Sarah Finn has just been so consistently oh, yeah. on on the money with her casting decisions um, mm-hmm. and her team. So I have faith, even if when the casting gets announced, I'm a bit like, wow, that's weird choices. I think that they choose they people for a reason. Eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so be interesting, again, to see why they choose this specifically, this film, and, and whatever plot it's going to tackle as the start of phase six, leading into the things we're going to talk about in a second. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I've been burned by Fantastic Four before. <laughs> and for sick uh but yeah um <laughs> uh, i think it's all down to the director who's directing this fingers crossed spielberg uh but yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i can't wait to hear more about this at d23 uh but capping off marvel's um face uh, phase six announcements you could say are two avengers movies releasing within the same year wow this is I did not expect this at all. Uh, but yeah, Avengers Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars will be capping off Phase 6 and the next Endgame level event. Uh, and yeah, I was I did not expect this to be announced here. I thought this would be something they'd announce probably next year or after Phase 5 concludes. But uh, yeah, man, this got me super hyped. As soon as I saw the thing that, oh, Avengers Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars have been announced, goosebumps all over me. Um, mm. So yeah, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I, I think they might have held off probably for D23 to announce this. I don't think they would have done mm-hmm. it any later. But, you know, with some of the leaks of the trademarks, because both of these were, were trademarked, oh, yeah. but also that there has been, as we've said quite a few times today, that there is a, 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 a discourse within fans that they there's an aimlessness to phase four. I think that oh, yeah. coming out and saying, Okay, you don't think this is leading to anything? Oh yeah, right. everything's leading to something. Don't you worry. Um, I think this will hopefully silence a lot of um, mm-hmm. the outrage or concern. 
I'm interested that Kang Dynasty is being set up as the prelude, essentially the Infinity War to Secret Wars as Endgame. Right. Like, does that mean that Kang is also going to be the main villain in Secret Wars? Or, you is know, it like, do? exactly. Like, is uh, the way I visualize it is that at the end of Kang Dynasty, some, something happens and mm -hmm. a number of characters get teleported to Battle World. Right. Oh, um, okay. Mm -hmm. And then that gets resolved in Secret Wars or kicks off the events right. of Secret Wars. Right. That would make but sense. Um... I'm, I, I don't know because we know that Doom is coming sooner mm -hmm. than later wink wink yeah um and obviously <laughs> kang has, has already arrived and we're going to be seeing multiple iterations of him over the, the next couple of years but so i don't know where those two meet if at all because they're both like quite big scale oh yeah you know, big 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 time villains oh yeah um mm -hmm. for, so for them to kind of be brought in at the same time and be threats presumably at the same time unless they go with a weird anti-hero spin for doom first which i'm not quite sure why they would do but it's yeah i'm interested to see where they go with it like they got my they got my attention mm -hmm. yeah certainly uh i was always under the impression that kang would orchestrate secret wars uh, ever since we got him but now that we know we're getting doom as well is he gonna be on the sidelines in this one um i'm not so sure but i think if one of them were to survive secret wars i think it would be doom especially because the Fantastic Four would have just been introduced, what, a couple of months before Kang Dynasty. So I think he'll be more of, um, you know, the, the person to end the Fantastic Four trilogy as the mm. main villain. But uh, I think I think for the most part, Kang will be orchestrating Secret Wars and uh, Doom will have some role in his downfall. Uh, and then we'll probably get a cliffhanger, cliffhanger ending of uh, Doom surviving and... Uh, you know, continue being the big bad of the next phase. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm very curious on how Kevin Feige and his team will approach this. Um, and yeah, what a way, what a way to end the show. And uh, wow, I think, I mean, it's obvious. They uh, Marvel won Comic Con. Uh, as soon as the animation panel dropped, I was like, DC will have to do so, a, a ton of stuff to ca uh, top this. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a shame, really. It's a shame. Uh, it's almost yeah. as if DC didn't turn up. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like they had two announcements, two trailers. Uh, th uh, the Rock having a WWE entrance. They thought it would be the low key, uh, the like how 2013 Comic Con had low key appeared. They thought it would be that big, but it was nowhere near that. But uh, but yeah, um, an interesting Comic Con, a fun Comic Con. Good, mm -hmm. good to have this event back. Uh, overall, um, well, how would you rate the Marvel panel? I'd say a ten out of ten. Yeah, I, what, I don't think else? it. I don't think it uh, can actually, be anything else. Actually, nine out of ten because I wanted oh. an X Men project. They did not give me an X Men project, but uh, <sighs> still <laughs> uh, beating this yeah, drum. Okay. Uh, but yeah, guys, thank you for listening slash watching. Sam, where can I find you? People can find me on Twitter at Samheny. That's H G A N E Y. And you can find me on Twitter at Amon underscore M05. Uh, guys, check the links in the description below. You can head on over to our Patreon, uh, uh, patreon.com slash save the game media. You can gain exclusive perks to enhance your experience. You can also join our Discord server where you can chat with me, Sam, and all the other co-hosts from the Save the Game Media Podcast Network. Uh, and yeah, guys, that's it for today's episode. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.